You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Gentlemen, boys, and girls, it is a unique day for myself. Fairly unique, I guess. Every once in a while, these games come up. So as I speak to you, um, I've been here in Hamilton for six days. Our first game was on Monday. Now it's Saturday. 12-team tournament for the Masters. Um, and... Um, we find ourselves about to play the final against the defending champion, Saskatchewan. I'm not sure the name of their team. Saskatchewan team, anyway. Great hockey club, and we're about to play them at 1 o'clock. Right now, it's 10. Just getting ready to go to the rink. Figured I'd drop, drop you guys a line before I go to play a national championship game. And these, these mornings, this is what it's all about. You know, this is what... This... this is what I find hard to give up as an athlete. A lot of people always allude to, you know, the bus and the camaraderie. That definitely is part of it, but that kind of can always be there. You know, you play beer league or go on, you know, grab a bunch of guys or girls or both and go on a trip somewhere to play some rec hockey or ball hockey or tennis or whatever the fuck it is you're into. 
road trips are road trips. You can still kind of have camaraderie. But the kind of uneasy, anxious, nervous energy that comes before these things is almost addictive. It's such a relief when it's over one way or the other, but it's so addictive. And, you know, playing a big game. Because it's one thing to play ball hockey in a gym, right? But it's another thing to assemble a team, go to the national championships. All that comes with that fundraising and organizing and getting the hotels and the jerseys and, you know, having Gatorade at the rink and the stick bag and getting everybody's sticks together. Getting a game plan, you know, battling at home against each other on different teams and then putting this team together to come here. And then from here, they pick a Team Canada. Um, I got asked to play for that yesterday. I mean, I, it was a foregone conclusion because they asked me before, but I couldn't really confirm it till yesterday due to work. That's what they do. They kind of use these national championships being last year's uh, for, you know, the, the worlds are every two years. So they often use the nationals as a springboard for that and somewhere to scout. Of course, why not when we're all playing against each other? But uh, and that's just part of it. But the national championship here is something that I've always loved and been a part of most years other than those pandemic years. Since the 90s, and we always send a squad and there's so much parity when I go to these Chicklets Cups things. Chicklets Cup things, you know, and I do. I mean, I, I think for the camera, it might look like we're a bit. What's the word boastful or braggadocious, but, you know, that. We're probably playing that part off. The, the other stuff's real. Everything that happened on there, the, the frustration, the passion, the wanting to win, the, the hating to lose, that's all real. But, you know, if, if someone asked me before a tournament in any other world if I was going to win, I would say, well, hopefully, you know, try to be half humble about it. But in the Chicklets world, um, you know, we're providing content and all that stuff. Uh, but anyway, anyway. So when I go to those, people think, you know, well, these guys are the best. They always make the final. That's not the case at all. There's 12 teams here. The very worst team, I would think, the host, Hamilton. I mean, they lost 3-2 to two to Calgary, who, who we lost to. I mean, we, we thumped them 7-2, to two, I think. But, but, but anyway, point being, that, that almost anybody can win it. I, I think there might have been two teams here that it would have been a huge surprise if they won. But any other team could have won it out of 12. It's a fucking grind. We, we went one and two our first two games. We came out with a bang and won. We had like seven or eight goals and then lost to Toronto, lost to Calgary, battled back and beat Calgary yesterday in the semi after beating Montreal and Manitoba in the qualifying quarters. And uh, now we find ourselves in the final. But it's an absolute battle. We, you know, the game against Montreal, I think, was 2 nothing. They We barely beat them. And otherwise, we would have finished sixth or seventh or whatever it was. You know, so like... There's a lot of parody at these things. We come to so many that, you know, we are a good, I, I think, I, I know Newfoundland is in the upper echelon of teams. You, you, every year we come, we, we expect a medal, but it doesn't always happen at all. And um, I could say the same for Toronto and Calgary and Winnipeg and on down the list, Saskatchewan, who we're playing against. New Brunswick had a good team this year, you know, really. So, we just all know each other. We come to these things every year, and though it's it's ultra competitive, it gets just like you saw in Spitting Chicklets. Every national tournament, men's, women's, and masters, always gets heated. But that's why we have a banquet at the end, and you know, bygones be bygones. You come out. You're playing for your province and your boys and your girls, 
There's a lot of pride that goes with that, man. Sometimes more, like I said, than if you're playing for a monetary prize or say you're playing the Calder Cup in the American Hockey League. You're going to go out and you're going to go hard. You treat it the same. But I would honestly, people think I'm fucking crazy when I say this, but there's another added level when you're playing for your province and your buddies, right? You, there's more pride, less wanting to protect your career, more pride in your province, your territory, and uh, which culminates next month in a world championship in Prague. And to put on that Canada jersey always gives me goosebumps. I do it in private because I uh, get that out of the way. No joke. Every time I play for Team Canada. And when the fuck was the last time? 18, I guess, in Bermuda. Um, like I said, the worlds are every two years. But the pandemic squashed the last one. So, yeah, to play for your province, play for your country, and to have these particular games, like right now, you know, like I'm, as the day goes on, I just went up and got a coffee. I'm in Tim Hortons going, you know. Did anybody ever in here even play in a national final? You know, like what a day I got in front of me. Just rocking back and forth, listening to music, listening to podcasts, looking at all the guys I'm playing against and the things that we've we, that we've competed in the past and we've won together. A few of us have played for Team Canada, but we're going to be battling today. And this is what I love about competition and I love about Canada and I love about athleticism and sports, you know, um, I don't give a fuck what you say. It keeps you young. It keeps you young. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said. And uh, getting older, there's a lot of wisdom other than the youthful look and uh, physical things that go with that. There's a lot of great things about aging, knowledge being one of them and experience. Uh, you know, I can't imagine if this was my first, it's like a game seven, you know, like my first game seven was in Tri-Cities playing for the Americans and I fucking scored the winner in overtime. I think it's the only overtime game seven winner I ever got. That's on YouTube somewhere. Check that out. Fucking fluke shot to a wrister from the blue line. I don't know how it went in. And I remember being so nervous before that game, man, I couldn't sleep for two nights. It was fucking crazy. As soon as Spoke tied it up and I knew we were going game seven in Tri-Cities, I'll never forget the anxiety that went with that. And then I played another game seven the next year. And then we got to the American League and a couple we had, uh, we made it to the final my second year against Providence or the se semifinal, which, you know, a little bit of a, Big deal gets gets the blood flowing, um, and you know. And then I started to play the odd national championship. And by the time I was twenty three or twenty four, I'd had a few game sevens under my belt, a few championship game all on the line type of thing. Whether it was you know provincially or nationally, I was just getting my feet wet. And by the time I was thirty, you know, I had. Um, a couple of ball hockey world championships in and, and the, the, the finals were lucky enough to win in 03. So fucking nervous before that. Um, Orlando, we'd won a pro championship. Um, it's just as I sit here now and I'm thinking, you know, cause the, when you're, when you're playing a one winner takes all championship game, it's kind of like a game seven. And, you know, just a few months ago, I played a game seven in senior hockey and, um, St. John's Caps. Yeah, I actually didn't play, but uh, I had broken ribs, but whatever. It was my team, and um, 
Now, the year before we played game seven, there you go. I, I just at this point probably have had a couple of dozen of those situations. So I've learned to greet the day with a nervous energy, but spin it in a positive direction rather than, fuck, I hope we win, man. Jesus Christ, if we don't win, I don't know what I'm going to Rather than that, kind of like fucking rights, man. Here we are. We're on stage again. Games being streamed. My friends and family are watching at home. I know a lot of people coming. There's going to be a lot of people at the game. We're in a national final. All my buddies, we get to go out there and sweat together and fucking lay it all on the line. This is what you fucking live for. Let's fucking go. Right? That's over the years. That's what it turns into. Because you know what it's like to lose and you find out, I mean, no one likes to use that word, but you find out it's not the end of the world, right? You find out, I mean, the biggest, probably 2011, we lost the world ball hockey championship, the final fucking great tournament. We were in Bratislava, it's team Canada. And I was playing on a line with one of my best friends, Chris Sparks, great fucking player playing with us here now. One of the main reasons I came to this thing. Love you, Sparky. And it was myself, Sparky, and a guy named Sean Hannon, who's also at this tournament. And we, we were a line. That was 11 years ago, so I guess I was 34. I still, still could bring it at that level. And I remember I had a hat trick in the semifinal, 6-5 over USA. Bobby Hauser and Team USA. Clapper from the fucking blue line just fucking barely curved in. Ball hockey can curve it. Off the post, top shelf. I was so fucking pumped, man. I was so pumped because you often don't get rewarded, right? Every athlete knows that. The rink was fucking huge. It was um, Olympic size playing ball hockey, man, as I'll always say. Try playing center in ball hockey in an Olympic size fucking rink in the middle of the summer. 35 fucking degrees. Good luck. We had IVs on the bench. That was the one tournament I often talk about. They let us uh, dress five lines in case because it was fucking dehydration central. People cramping up. Crazy hot. Anyway, we get into the final and um, Slovakia, they, 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 they beat us, but they they played well. I, I got to give it to them. They, uh, they were pricks and they ended up in 13 really putting on an unsportsmanlike show. When we hosted it, but that particular tournament, they deserved it. They beat us. I think they beat us 3-1. I tried everything and uh, just didn't have, just didn't have it, you know, just, just didn't have it. I remember having that huge fucking semi game, arguably the best game I've ever had internationally, that hat trick and and Sparky fucking was the first on the ball every time. Big, tall Sparky's about six fucking four, 220 in shape and uh, played at University of uh, Southern Maine. Oh, just a fair, very, very, very good hockey player. I think he just came in. He played with Teddy Purcell in that crowd. Uh, just came in right before the influx of Newfoundland players going away. I think today it would be impossible to miss a guy like Chris Sparks being that big and that good. Not the most physical, but just so tall. And he go in the corner. He naturally isn't like physical, but that doesn't mean that he's not good with his body and using it in the corners and so I loved playing with him anyway we got to the final and I just you know we were clicking so well all tournament and sometimes you just don't have it man and I was pissed I after that semi I felt like I need to lead this team you know if the torch is in my hand I need to do it 
and and just fucking I'm not going to say we laid an egg. We tried our fucking hardest, but the chances just didn't come the same and uh it it almost felt like we blew our loads so to speak in the semis. And I was so upset, man. And uh I didn't even want I got the player of the game in that semifinal and I remember coming in after the final. And I was well into my career here, man. Like you know, I'm 34 at this point. I should have known the difference, but I gave that. I got in the room and after we lost, and I was fucking pissed off. And I had that award, which means a lot. I like keeping them, you know, player of the game, international semifinal. And I just, I went to throw it out the fucking door, man. And there was just a kid walking by. I'm glad I gave it to him. I said, here you go, man. I don't want to fucking want this. I took my silver, which I don't often do. And I fucking gave it to somebody walking by the room. Then I got home and said, Jesus, what, you know, we just came second in a world tournament and uh, it was a fucking awesome time. We got to meet a lot of friends. There was myself, Patty O'Keefe, Donnie Goss, Chris Sparks from Newfoundland, some good Newfoundland players on the team. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I look back and it was a great memory and I won a silver medal. We won a silver medal. Uh, so, and when, when that happens so much, and then, I mean, the same thing happened in 13, we got the bronze. You know, we fucking got upset in the semifinal. That's when Justin Pender went crazy. And we got the bronze. And, and you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's the same thing that, that year. And, uh, uh, and our, our Newfoundland Black Horse team, the men's A team at the, at the Nationals, what I'm playing now, National Championships, we got uh, five out of six years, one silver. What are you going to do, man? But mostly I remember the competition. And I think we're going to go today and everybody's going to work their hardest. I can always rely on the Newfoundland boys for that. You know, I can say that one thing that we have rarely been cheated. We might get beat. We might not get a bounce. We might, we might just not have as good of a team that happens, but we always know that we gave it our all. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. As a Canadian, I know I'll always be throwing money down on the Blue Jays. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Those of you that followed my hockey career, I know a lot of you might have, or at least retroactively do it. You probably were too young. I think that's the way I played like I did. And a lot of Newfoundlanders play like that. Um, I often say now, nowadays, there's a guy, Clark Bishop, you know, Alex Newhook and Dawson Mercer, obviously two NHL borderline up and coming stars. They're, uh, they, they get a lot of attention like they should. And they're great fucking players. They're carrying the torch. But there's a guy, Clark Bishop, for example, and he's up and down. He's in the Calgary organization now. He played some games with Carolina. He played some games with Ottawa. But his, 
you know, he, he in this new age where you know fighting isn't really what defines you as a physical player. I find Clark a real like you know the, a, a good representation of the Newfoundland player. You know, he's got pretty good hands, but he, he's really responsible defensively. He works his hardest. You always know you're going to get an effort out of Clark, and I love watching him for that reason. It gives me pride in my province. Uh, Danny Cleary. Danny Cleary never threw a fucking hit in, a, in, in minor hockey. He went to the OHL and he was so good and had 90 something points as a 16 year old that I think it came a little bit easy. And, but, but when he finally buckled down and became a permanent NHLer with the Detroit Red Wings before that he played, but you know, he was, I don't think Danny was being true to Danny himself. I think he, you know, having Gretzky's agent going in the first round and being on the first line. And after it comes so easy, you need to face adversity at some point. When he did, that two-way fucking grit came out of him. And he didn't fight all the time. He wasn't fucking scared to drop the mitts, though. But um, Danny Cleary became a fucking elite two-way hockey player. Wouldn't take shit. First one in the fucking corner. Could he ever use his body to protect the puck? Are you kidding me? A lot of you don't realize that. Go back and watch Danny Cleary highlights. Um, in junior, the guy I... People are going to laugh at me. There was a guy, Richard Zednick. He ended up playing for Washington. Montreal, a few other teams, but I remember he got drafted to Washington. He played for Portland. Pretty good in junior, like point a game. Um, I remember scoring more than Richard uh, quite frequently, but I remember looking at him going, that's a complete player right there. That's a complete player. Like big legs. If he was back in the zone... Like it was real hard to, to keep the puck from him. Equally as tough to get it from him in the, uh, in the defensive zone. And Danny kind of reminds me of that in ways. No one would ever really make that comparison. But they both shoot left. They're around the same size. And I found Cleary really hard to knock off the puck, even in the summers and skating. And we'd go to camps together. We had the same agent. And uh, he just started not taking shit from anybody. And I fought Pronger, checked out on out on YouTube in the playoffs. And that's his Danny's inner fucking Harbor Grace, Newfoundland coming coming out. That's it. As each year passed and Danny went from super duper finesse dangling first line prospect, each fucking game over the next three or four years, he re-identified himself as a two-way compete fucking nasty player to play against, especially if it was the playoffs. And that's that's the Newfoundland kind of, if I could put it, tough to put into words, I guess, character, two-way. But you you, you want to sacrifice for your teammates. You want to, I'm not saying just Newfoundland, I'm just saying what I get, the, the, the aura of my dressing room when I play with these guys right back, right back to fucking 12 years old when it was soccer and baseball and everything. We would go and give it our all. Baseball, what, what does it take? What are we going to do? Always one of the pitchers, Mike Smith or Craig Hodge, greasing up the ball, <laughs> you know, fucking spiking guys, sliding into second, you know, always trying to get that advantage um, because usually we were the underdog. And I, I don't know if it's not giving a fuck kind of character or being a province that's used to being an underdog and wanting to prove everybody wrong, but we're like the small dog in the fight that won't give up. And I love playing with players like that that got my back, whether it's ball hockey or fucking checkers or chess or soccer or ice, whatever the fuck it is. And um, that's why 
I just, um, a lot of people would probably look at me personally and say, well, I, you know, you're, didn't take shit and, 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 uh, or, or whatever, whatever attribute that they would associate me with, you know, that just didn't come from nowhere. Any, anything that I'm, any of those, even the skill stuff, you know, like I learned at home with Newfoundlanders, took part of that Newfoundland character that was inside of me subconsciously. I never thought about it like that to the Western Hockey League. And then, you know, a fusion of who I was always, you know, you've, you're forever changing. Once I played in Quinnell for two years, now I've got attributes of the Western, you know, by the time I got to the Western Hockey League, I'm not saying it was a purely Newfoundland attitude I had, but that, that's the way the fucking Westerners feel too. They're real fucking tough. They don't take shit, right? So naturally, by the time I got to pro hockey, being a Newfoundlander and then playing in the Western League in the 90s, when it was at a fucking all-time peak of physicality and, and ferocious play and, and fucking, you know, you had to have a hard hat on to play a game. Well, by the time I was in the American League, I'd played hundreds of games in that atmosphere. And I'd grown up in a place that thrives on character and blue-collar fucking work ethic. So, and I truly believe there's nature versus nurture. Some of that, of course, has to be in me genetically. My father played pro hockey, so did I. There's, I don't know, only so many from Newfoundland. Not a lot that made the top level. If you want to, was the WHA use it as a parallel. To the NHL, you know, there's probably less than, I'm trying to think, less than 40. My dad's one of them. So clearly genetics has something to do with it. But honestly, I I truly believe, because I know myself, and uh, I'm not always as confident and as tough as you think. There's um, a lot of second guessing went on in my head when I was younger. But. I think, you know, whenever it did, I'd look in the mirror and go, you got a fucking move to make, buddy. Like that time, people laugh when I put hot sauce on my hands and beat the guy up when I was 14. But that was a couple of days of like soul searching, right? And finally, I remember looking at my eyeballs right in the mirror and saying, you know, you be honest with yourself, you motherfucker. You know, go out and fucking do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And that was clearly, that was definitely the friends that I grew up with in Mount Pearl, that's what most of them would have done. I fucking guarantee it. And I felt like they were with me. And I used to go, you know, what would fucking Curtis Beggs do in this position? What would Donnie Lynch do? You know, what would they fucking do? You know, and then just local guys at home that were just local, you know, balls to the wall hockey players. But I looked up to them. They were a couple of years older than me. What would Donnie Jarvis do? You know, he'd fucking clean that guy out is what he'd do. And what am I not going to do it because I'm 5,000 kilometers away? I'm going to take Mount Pearl into the fucking Cornell fucking twin arenas and I'm going to fucking put on a show, right? And when it comes down to it, most of us Newfoundland athletes have some morsel of that attitude. And I'm really fucking proud to be from a place like that. I got to be honest. Mm. So that's it in about... Two and a half hours, the national final. What a week it's been in Hamilton. I, I, I love this spot. My dad played for the Hamilton Red Wings, so he tells me all about it all the time. And I've been back here and there, but it's always nice to see somewhere in the summer. And uh, even though it's real busy and everything, and of course, 
I'm not like doing a whole lot. We went to that Molly Crew and uh, Def Leppard concert the first night. That was great. But as the tournament gets on the go, it's just harder and harder. But we're in the courtyard, Marriott. It's fucking beautiful here. We've eaten on some fantastic patios. Um, Cat, by the way, I said I'd give you a shout out. Cat from Shoeless Joe's. I don't know how many are in Hamilton, but the one on the uh, Upper James with the beautiful fucking patio. Uh, she's a Shorzy fan. She got a picture with me on my Instagram. I'm going to repost it on my main feed. And real nice person. They've treated us well at Shoeless Joe's all week. I absolutely love the patio. And uh, anyway, I said I'd give you a shout out. So there you go. Kat, it was wonderful meeting you. You asked me, are we going to have a season two of Shorzy? And I certainly, certainly hope so. Fingers are crossed. It looks good, but I can't guarantee anything yet. Um, what else? And, uh, you know, people that are listening to this, listen, thank you very much for tuning in. And I, I'm guessing, I know people say that they like, you know, my ramblings and some people like tuning in when there's no guest. It got to be better with a guest. I know it. And I'm, I'm sorry. You know the way it works. I get on there and I apologize enough. But uh, sometimes I just can't put it together, man. I got a computer and a microphone. And the people that I'm competing with, on a, I, I don't consider it competition at all. Um, at, at all. It's not who comes first. I just want enough to be able to have this keep going, make some sponsorship money. Because, because I love doing it. Um, but... I know that it's better with a guest and next week we get right back into some normal territory and I got some unreal guests coming soon. So, so stay with it. Well, listen, uh, before I go, I want to thank everybody in the uh, ball hockey world here. I know a lot of you listen and it's awesome to, to run in, you know, this time of year, I really look forward to at this point, it's like a kid who goes to summer camp. And, uh, you know, by, by the third year, you, you kind of look forward to people. And, I, I mean, I really don't know. I, I didn't go to them. But I went to some through hockey there. We used to go to them in Brainerd, Minnesota. Under the IMG was my agency there. It's Mike Burnett was my agent. That's how I know Cle or I went there with Cleary. Uh, Brainerd, Minnesota. Yeah, they used to put off camps. Sheldon Surrey, Radic Bonk, Mark Savard, Sean Donovan, Richard Park. Remember all that shit. We always we we went there two or three years in a row, and it was out at this resort, so it felt like summer camp. I, I can't say I know what it's like to be a kid and go to summer camp, but what I'm saying is that you kind of time out of that. But for these, it's it's the same. It, you know, every year we come to these tournaments, and it's kind of like that. We see these people, and some you you know you're only going to see at this, but you reserve. You know, it's like going home for Christmas almost. There's an annual expectation. And 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 um, not uncertainty, but you know, you 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 hope certain people are going to be there. You don't really keep in touch during the year. Some of you do, but you know, you're going to all be here and be part of a family, the CBHA family. You know, uh, it's one thing to go as a team, but even the guys we're playing against today, you know, it's the game will end. We might be pissed off, but at the banquet, it feels like we're all a unit because we all. And I, I'm saying that everybody, the men's, the women's and the master's division, it does feel like we're all under the umbrella of, uh, you know, CBHA and it's fun to come to these. And honestly, you guys put off a great show. We're going in the great, in, in a, sorry, a positive 
direction. Uh, the Chicklets Cup. I, 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 I feel like there's a way to blend the two universes where we, we get the maximum advertising and exposure and awareness out of ball hockey. Because I think on the Chicklets side now, there's a lot of people that they're, they're getting there, but they're starting to really realize what it's about. And um, I think someday this will be in the Olympics. I, I, uh, I think I will have been long gone from it, but I, I think someday it will be in the Olympics. It should be. There's a lot of parity, not just at the Canadian Nationals, but on a world level. Um, and a lot of more people can run than, than can skate, and it's a lot easier uh, than trying to build a rink to play ice hockey, you know, give a kid a ball and, and, and a stick. And, uh, you know, fill in the blanks with everything else. And, but, but that's what you need. And I just think at some point that it will, it, it, it only makes sense that it's part of uh, the Olympics when you see some of the other ridiculous sports that are in there. And how many people play on a world level, how much pleasure it gives to people. There's a lot of Canadians. What I notice about these tournaments, a lot of new immigrants to Canada or were new immigrants, say, new Canadians 20 or 30 years ago. Not all of them can just come over here and become skaters, right? But I do notice that a lot of these things. There's a lot of people that either are first generation or second generation Canadian that might not have gotten out. They might have started skating when they were, say, 10, and you missed the boat then. But they can run and they become decent hands. But once you put them on fucking sneakers, they become as good as the pro players that can skate, right? And I love that about ball hockey. There's more opportunity, which is another reason I think it should be in the Olympics. But anyway, thanks to everybody that that, that came and and uh, congratulated me or whatever on Shorzy and, and, and Chicklets Cup and, and was curious as to where our game is. I appreciate all the conversations. If there's one thing I can say, um, just and uh, I appreciate the messages, but... Uh, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting so many that it's hard to keep. And anyway, I'll get into that next time, um, and I will. But uh, if I don't get back to you guys, I, I can't. Like, if I post like yesterday, I posted, "Hey, we're gonna we're in the finals tomorrow versus Saskatchewan, right?" So I'll get 500 messages when I wake up today, like pitter patter or whatever. And I appreciate that, but I guess if you're gonna send me a message, try to save it for like one a week or a question if you got it for the podcast or because I, I lose the messages that way, right? Like I can't go through them all. I'm spending three hours a day at the very least just getting rid of messages on my phone. And most of them are Instagram. And, uh, and I do, I appreciate it. But uh, I, I don't even, it doesn't be personal when you put pitter patter or give your balls a tug because I just, like the, the 30th time I see it in three minutes, I'm just skipping by it, right? And I, I try to like it and be nice and go like, oh, or hey, thanks. But then like it starts a conversation and they get back to me and it's just, it's a weird world. I'm navigating through it. But I'm what I'm saying is I apologize to the people that might be part of the ball hockey world that might be even here to see me. And I, I, I can't see the messages, right? Because literally I wake up and there's 500 on my phone, all mostly well-wishers, but I can't keep track. So um, first world problem here, but uh if you're going to send me a message, um, may, maybe not so many, maybe don't comment on every single post that I make, um, but say if, if you're curious about the podcast or Shorezy or whatever you want, because that's, I like getting the messages about the podcast or, but, but say, don't ask me if 
Shorzy's going for another season. And I get at least, say, 300 of those a, year, a week. But I'm not the person that knows that. I assume, but I'm not. Or say, when I post, like every tournament I come to like this, I'll try to post the schedule and I'll try to. So then, but I'll get like 100 messages the next day. When are you playing, say, Hamilton? So rather than message every single person back that says that, I'll just try to put a post up or go to cbha.com. So if you want me to answer your message, just think about the question or, or the statement that you're making. And if that can be avoided, then it's way easier that I'll probably get back to you. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be pompous when I say it. I just literally, when I wake up in the morning, I have hundreds of DMs and most of them can be avoided. And I want to be able to talk to the fans of the show and of the Canadians and of my books and all that, because I get it. You're the reason that I make a living doing what I fucking do. All that being said, thank you. It's been a fucking awesome week. Whatever happens today, my teammates are going to hear this after the fact, but I absolutely love you guys. And, uh, it's a bit of a moral victory that we even made it to the final, given our fucking shitty start of the tournament. But uh, we all went hard. And um, one, of, one of these days soon, it's going to come to an end, right? Like my knees are hurting. I feel as good as I ever did. But when you look at the tapes, I'm going slower. You know, um, I get it. Your body, your body gets older. And I'm trying to be the best 45-year-old I can be. And uh, I just know that at some point injuries are going to, they're going to be, uh, they're going to outweigh the joy of days like this. And that sounds crazy, but if you could feel my knees and my ankles and how I feel at the end of one of these tournaments, you'd know what I'm talking about. It is a fucking grind. And even the 21 and 22-year-olds that I'm talking to here that have been to the Canadian Nationals, you guys even know what I'm talking about. It's harder when you get older. But if you go out there and play one of these tournaments and you play honest, it's, uh, it's a fucking grind either way. Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in. Appreciate it. True Hockey, take what's yours. Wedgwood Cafe, check it out. Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water. If you're in town, if you're in St. John's, and uh, of course, if you go to George Street, you guys always ask me, right? These are the bars I like going to, and I've said it once. I'll say it again. Rob Roy, TJ's Pub, Trinity Pub, Green Sleeves, The Bull and Barrel. There's lots more bars, and I love all you guys, but you're asking me. Those places there are generally where you'll find me if you find yourself in downtown St. John's. Hope I didn't forget anywhere. Uh, and no, they don't directly sponsor. They've just been great to me over the years. And the least I can do is mention them on my podcast. There are all kinds of great places to go in downtown St. John's. And I often, often love bar hopping and patio hopping, and I go to all of them. But the places I frequent for reasons that they're my buddies, and they've all been great to me over the years, are those places I mentioned. I also give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Hart and the Lebec guys and girls because uh, this summer, not unlike most other summers, uh, they take care of me in, in way of uh, VIP tickets and whatever on the street. 
and uh, Jeremy in particular has always been, well, one of my best friends, uh, beer, no beer, whatever. We kind of grew up together. So anyway, this is your annual shout out, Jay Hart. Jay Rock Hart, also one of the best set of mitts you'll ever see this size of this side of fucking Vancouver. Jeremy Hart with Teddy Purcell hands. Um, and Neil Ancy fucking legs. There you go. Um, okay. This has been episode 115B. At least I think it is 115B. Thanks for tuning in. I am about to go try my luck at a national championship with the Newfoundland Mr. Lube Selects. Thank you once again, Chris Sparks and Mike Dyke for making this happen. You know what you did, and thank you. And uh, win or lose, I'm happy to be able to still do this at my age and uh, be able to share it with so many people, not only at the tournament, but uh, you guys listening. I feel privileged as an athlete, as a person, uh, and as a friend. So thank you. I'll be back in just a few days. We'll be back to normal next week with a couple of episodes and uh, a great guest. Thanks again. I'll catch you on the rebound.